Please turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. I have been giving you sermons on Sunday evenings from the New Testament Gospel of Matthew, but this morning we are going to look at some words found in 1 Peter chapter 1. Specifically, they are words in verses 1 and 2. So look at 1 Peter 1, verses 1 and 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. In these verses of Peter, Peter, I have noticed, refers to the believers to whom he is writing in three ways. He calls them God's elect, strangers in the world, and scattered ones. My friends, what Peter calls his original readers we believers today can also be called. We are God's elect. We are strangers in the world. And we are scattered ones. This morning, for our sermon, let's consider, let's study these three descriptive terms. First, Peter writes in verse 1 of 1 Peter 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect. We believers today are part of God's elect. What does that mean? The words God's elect are simply explained by Peter in the beginning of his second verse. He says there about believers that we have been chosen. An elected one is a chosen one. We are ones who have been chosen by God to be his people. What a blessing this is. We would never have chosen God to be his people. As I have explained in the past from the Bible, we would have continued to follow the ways of this world and the ways of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the devil. But God, who is rich in mercy, chose us to know him and love him 
and fellowship with him. And he has brought our salvation to pass. What a blessing we have been given. We believers are God's chosen children, God's elect. Some people think that God chose certain ones to be his people because he foresaw that they would choose him. They use 1 Peter 1, verse 2, to back up their view. They say, notice, 1 Peter 1, verse 2 reads, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. God foreknew, they say, who would want him, who would believe in his son. God foreknew who would obey Jesus Christ and receive him in faith. And it is they God chose. But my friends, the word foreknowledge here in 1 Peter 1 verse 2 does not mean that God merely realized ahead of time who would believe, and therefore he chose them. What God foresees, according to the Bible, about all people is we are sinful and we are dead in sin and we will not and we do not seek him, the God of the Bible. The word foreknow here means to set one's love upon a person or persons. The word teaches us that God in his grace, not because of what we would do, but in spite of what we would do, set his saving love upon us before creation and chose us to be his. Again, not because of any positive thing God saw we would be or do, but out of grace, God set his saving love upon us sinful, rebellious people. Is there a cross-reference to this? Oh, there's many cross-references. Let me give us one. The Apostle Paul uses these words in Ephesians 1, verses 4 and 5, to express our particular truth. Ephesians 1, verses 4 and 5. He writes, In love God predestined us, to be adopted as his sons. Amos chapter 3, verse 2, has God saying about Israel, English Standard Version, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Are we to understand by the word no here, that God did not know about any of the other nations of the earth. 
that he was ignorant of Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, etc. He only knew about Israel. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. No. That's not what the word know here means. The word know here means God set his love on the nation of Israel and made them his people. You only have I known, you only have I specially loved of all the families of the earth. Just so. 1 Peter 1 verse 2 tells us that God has set his saving love upon us believers before creation and he chose us to be his people. It's not that God chose us because he knew we would choose him, but knowing that we would never do that he still loved us and chose us and worked in us so that we are his children. We are so blessed for God in spite of what he saw, loves us with a gracious, saving, eternal love. And he, even though he knew we would never go after him, selected us to be his people. First of all, believers, we are amazingly, we are incredibly the elect of God. In finishing up our first point, I want you to notice from 1 Peter 1 verse 2, what one response to what we have just heard is to be in our lives. And then from 1 Peter 2, 9, what another response is to be. Two responses, in other words. 1 Peter 1, verse 2 goes on to say, We have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father for obedience to Jesus Christ. One response to God's love and selection is to be a life of obedience to the Lord Jesus. We should want to follow him. We should want to obey him. We should want to obey all of the word of God in light of the tremendous grace that he has placed upon us. Our response is to be obedience, joyful obedience, glad obedience to our Savior Jesus Christ. And then another response is found in 1 Peter 2 verse 9. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says, but you are a chosen people. Yes, Peter brings up this idea more than once in his letter, but you are a chosen people. And then it goes on to say that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We are also to be people who declare God's praises. A number of years ago, I spoke at a youth camp, 
And after one of my messages, a young man wanted to speak to me. And as we talked, I shared the good news of Jesus Christ with him, how he could be forgiven, how he could be reconciled to God, how he could have a new life, etc. And he accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And he was so excited, and he was so thankful. And he went home to Philadelphia praising the Lord to the point where the following year, he was responsible for 30 other young people coming with him to this camp. Believer, how blessed we are by God. Hear it again. We are loved and chosen by him to be his people. We are his treasured possession. He takes great delight in us. He rejoices over us with singing. Let us obey and praise him. Our second point this morning. Peter also writes in 1 Peter 1 verse 1, that we believers are strangers in the world. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect strangers in the world. A stranger is one who is not of a certain location. He is an alien. Uh, He is a sojourner. He is a pilgrim. Peter next tells us believers by calling us strangers that ultimately we are not of this world. Did you hear that? Ultimately, this world is not our permanent residence. We are rather people of heaven. We are people who have heaven and then the new heaven and earth waiting for us. Well, pastor, is there a cross-reference here? Absolutely. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are loved by God. We have been chosen by him to be his people. And our home is with him in heaven. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Let me read some words starting at verse 13 that uh, go along with what you're hearing now about our citizenship being in heaven. Hebrews 11, starting at verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. 
believers do not have this world, this country as their home. We have a better country. We have a heavenly one. Because we are loved by God and have been made his people, our city is with him in heaven. A number of years ago, we had uh, Jim and Jean Thomas uh, as part of our church. Uh, I believe Jean was uh, led to the Lord by Marie. Uh, but we had Jim and Jean Thomas once again as part of our church. And Jean uh, liked to say, when I die, I want someone to put a sign or a plaque in my casket that reads, gone home. Well, Jim and Jean moved from Beaverdale to uh, Bedford County. Pat and I heard that Jean uh, died, so we made our way over to the viewing, and I was anxious. I was anxious to get to that casket and look in that casket. And when I did, there was a plaque that one of the daughters had made right there that said, gone home. We are loved by God. We have been made his children, and our city is with him in heaven. But, my friends, our second point, and this is so important, doesn't mean that we are to despise our life here, that we are to ignore this world, that we are to just sit back and wait to go to heaven. No, until we go to our home, hear this, we are to be busy serving, glorifying our Savior. Jonathan Edwards pastored a congregation in Northampton, Massachusetts, then was a missionary to the Indians, then became president of Princeton College. John Quincy Adams was a Secretary of State in our United States, then became our sixth president, and then became a congressman. William Wilberforce was a member of England's parliament, and he fought against slavery in England. Johann Sebastian Bach became one of the greatest musicians and composers the world has ever known. Susanna Wesley, was committed to raising her something like 19 children to God's glory. We too are to be that way. Until we go to our home, we are to be busy serving and glorifying God. One more thing under our second point. Someone has said, because Christians are strangers in the world, we will be considered strange at times in the eyes of the world. That's true, and we need to know that, and we need to be prepared to accept that. 
Believers have standards and values different from those of the world, and that will bring on conflict with the world. But my friends, that will also bring on opportunity for witness to the world. So, don't cave in. Don't compromise. Don't water down God's word as believers. Be willing to be considered strange and let God use your strangeness for his glory. Last this morning, Peter calls his believing readers scattered ones. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, etc. Peter calling his believing readers scattered ones may simply be a reference to the idea that they are physically found in different locations, which would remind us then that today God has his people in different locations. God has believers placed throughout the world for witness and for his glory in those places. But the thought that has come to my mind or was put in my mind when I read the word scattered is this. Peter is also referring to believers as persecuted ones. The believers to whom Peter is writing are scattered because they are being persecuted for the Lord Jesus. Uh, Look with me at Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Acts 8, verse 1. And Saul was there giving approval to Stephen's death. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Believers were scattered because of persecution. I know that the scattered believers to whom Peter is writing are going through a time of suffering for Christ. I'm going to say then, that another thing we should put in our minds this morning about believers, the third thing that the Lord God is communicating to us about our identity is this. We will be privileged to suffer for Jesus Christ. Privileged. Listen to the words of our Lord Jesus. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you because of me. We will be privileged to suffer for the Lord Jesus. I said I know that the scattered believers to whom Peter is writing are going through a time of suffering. I know that for two reasons. Number one, Peter tells us this in his letter of 
1 Peter. Point blank, he brings up the fact that they are suffering, and he does that more than once. But also, number two, one of the themes of Peter's entire letter is suffering. At least 15 times he brings up this subject of suffering. Do you want to read a book? A book of the Bible that deals with being persecuted for Christ. The believers to whom Peter is writing do because they are being persecuted. Peter writes to them then about suffering because they are suffering for Christ. Description number three, point three. And I'm open to the idea that all three of these truths are new to a number of us. Elect, persecuted, pilgrim. Well, that's what the Bible is teaching us. And description number three is believers are also ones who are privileged to suffer for Christ here. My friends, how blessed we believers are. In love, God has selected us to be his children. We would never have pursued the God of the Bible. We love because he first loved us. How blessed we believers are. Our home is heaven, a better place, a prepared place, heaven with him, and then the new heaven and the new earth. How blessed we believers are. God gives us the privilege of suffering for Jesus Christ. Our Lord also says in Matthew 5, rejoice and be exceeding glad. And he's talking about suffering for him. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. How wonderful our God is to us believers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to take these truths with us. Help us to appreciate them. May you use them to change our thinking in reference to who we are and your blessings upon us. Oh, Heavenly Father, we pray that your word here today will not return empty, but that it will accomplish great things for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.